Welcome everybody to uh, my first interview slash podcast slash stream slash whatever you call it, subsequent to our interview that we had together last week, I decided that I would love to have Mel on my side of the fence, chatting all things events and fun things. So if you didn't catch last week's podcast together, go to Seela Singer and you will see that conversation that we had about events and all things rock and roll. But let me introduce you to Mel. Mel has a musical sensibility that goes beyond simply singing the notes with a natural feel for phrasing and, and interpretation. Johnny Russell. How cool is that? What a beautiful description. And I love this. Jazz, soul, blues, and quirky chantuzzi. I want to be known. Mel, I want to be known as a quirky chantuzzi. I love that. I don't uh, mean to be I don't mean to be rude, but it's chantuzzi. Oh, chantuzzi. Oh, but I actually prefer, to be honest, I prefer Chantuzzi. It feels like it's more in line with my personality. It's just... It I love Cluzzi. Yeah, exactly. Reminds <laughs> me, I saw that on a number plate. How cool was this? This person, just very quick sidebar, her number plate was F-L-U-P, number two, number one, three, which spelled Floozy, which I loved. Oh. And it was a Land Rover Discovery... And she had switched the word discovery. I thought this was so clever. She had switched the word discovery and it said very disco. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love a brunning. <laughs> and her number, their number plate was blue. Amazing if one day that person was to be watching this. And they'd be like, I, oh, my God, that was for me. That was me. So very disco floozy. I loved it. I thought it was just so clever, so clever. Anyway, back to you, Mel. Back to you, Mel. Spending her early 20s soaking up the raw energy of the Brisbane and Melbourne rock scenes, Mel sang and played keys with screen feeders Kelly Lloyd, we're going to talk about that, in a band called The Warm Guns, sharing stages with seminal groups such as The Violent Soho and Urge Overkill. Known for her vocal prowess, Mel also lent harmonies as BB, backing vocals, to many Brisbane groups including Tim Stewart touring as a member of his band. With degrees in jazz, a career spanning over 15 years, and a gift for funny storytelling, I agree, Mel has evolved into an iconic performer who is downright dynamic, raw, and honest. Mel thrives in front of a live audience, taking the stage at Queensland's finest venues such as the Brisbane Powerhouse, Queensland Performing Arts Centre, the Tivoli Brisbane Jazz Club, and JMA, JMI Live. Highly recommend that you track Mel down somewhere and go and see her perform, because she is phenomenal. Co-founder and singer of female-led jazz band Yas Queen, Mel has featured at Brisbane festivals, renowned Spiegel Tent, Swing Dance Festivals and regional centres. She has also shared the stage with Uncle Vic Sims, Buddy Knox, Luke Peacock, Danny Whittacombe, Patty McHugh and the Medics as part of the Painted Ladies at Wayne Adelaide in 2015. The supergroup also performed at the National Victoria Gallery in 2017. Gosh, that would have been amazing. Oh, it was phenomenal. Featuring in Brisbane's latest regular night, late night cabaret variety show at the Tivoli One Trick Pony Club. Oh, that sounds cool too. Mel showcases the diversity of her talents as a comedic singer, writing and performing sketches for the production. At the end of 2021, Mel and her partner guitarist Harvey Blues produced and performed in two sellout shows, a celebration of Amy Whitehouse, which involved legendary Brisbane band Blues Arcadia and a lineup of extraordinary singers, including Angela. 
Fabian. While music and performing are her life, Mel's true passion is teaching and growing a fearless singer, a thriving community of people liberating themselves from the fear of singing and performing. Fearless Singer is not only a singing studio, but also hosts online courses and now podcast featuring me last week, known as a phenomenal singer, songwriter, and insightful, hard-hitting, self-reflective lyricist. Mel will be releasing her debut EP of originals in mid-2023. Mel, it's mid-2023. I know. I just, I, when you're about to say that, I was like, I don't know if I've updated that on LinkedIn. <laughs> I was when meant to do it happen? last year, but it, it hasn't happened. But it is, it's on its way. It's definitely on its way this year. I'd like everyone to give you a giant round of applause. Oh, thank you. Oh, gosh. You are so accomplished. And that is phenomenal. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to learn those things about you. And it's really interesting, isn't it? I think we're friends with lots of people, but we rarely dig deep into their past or into their history. And of course, as women, we don't share it. We don't want to big note ourselves. We don't want to go out and sprout all our achievements. But through these interactions, we get to learn that about each other, don't we? Which Absolutely. To me, this is the best part. I've had another one this morning. Someone's going to do a talk for me. They're going to do a presentation for me about how to choose the right wine for your event in a couple of weeks' time. And I had no idea the cool things Rowena had done until she sent me her bio and I get to read her history. I encourage everybody to do this. Have this conversation with people. Interview each other just for fun because we're having a great time doing this, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. It is. It, podcasting is honestly one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. It feels rewarding and fulfilling. I've only just started on the journey. The first one I did, I was interviewed by someone and I was scared to death, absolutely scared to death and prepped for like weeks beforehand. Mm. I got the questions beforehand and uh, thinking that, oh, well, I'll tell that story and I'll work, about, work in that somewhere. And now I'm just like, no, actually, let's just flow. We'll just absolutely. Flow the best conversations that way. And by the way, I feel the same way about you. It's been so rewarding getting to know you as not only a person but as a friend because you've just you've had the wildest past. <laughs> just like your rock and roll stories, just everything you've done, the things that you've had to overcome as well, and you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Fun times. So we met not so long ago, probably what? Maybe two months ago now. When was that? Was in May. Oh, that I think we, we we fell into each other's radar. I think sort of March, April, yeah. through the Denise DT. Oh, sphere. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've purchased the same courses. We're in the same memberships, and yes, yeah, we got to know each other a little bit better through our yeah Tina Tower At circle the and the conference. Yeah. And since then, though, we've noticed a little bit of synchronicity, haven't we? We know some of the same people who are also glorious humans. So that's been delightful. And I noticed in your story there, so Kelly Lloyd. So I had a little bit to do once upon a time with Q Music. And Kelly, not, yes, it was with Q Music, but it was also, no, uh, what is the organization? Oh, goodness. The Support Act. Yeah, Back in the day, before Support Act had really got some legs, I was asked to essentially try and build the Brisbane chapter of Support Act. And uh, yeah, Kelly had a lot to do with that. And my memories 
pretty gray on that, but I remember her being involved. She was also involved with Q Music as well. And I hung around that group for a little while and I tried to get the Support Act events off the ground here. I was not that successful, but I did. Brian Cadd was a massive supporter. He used to come to them as often as possible. And Barry Ball. Do you remember Barry Ball? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a book that my mum bought me written by Barry Barry Ball. Yeah. Barry Ball's bullshit book. Is that what it's called? Bullshit. Mm. It's, I it's just noticed. Oh, music! How amazing was two? I, I know, but there also his been... stories as well, because he was an old rock and roller. Yeah, back in the his, day, yeah. his story, how he built that record store, the events that he used to put on those shopping center events that he used to put on, absolutely nuts. So yeah, anyway, that was that was in another time. But I remember doing those events at the Norman B Hotel. They were fun, actually. And when I think about it now, isn't it funny? We, I love being naive because you you just jump in and do stuff. But when you look back on it, you go, oh, God, I can't believe I invited those people yeah. to come to my thing. And they came and they talked and they did what I asked them to do. And I had no nerves about it. I had no what? nerves about it. I just what? assumed that they would. What a great lesson that is for everybody is. listening right now is just, yeah, turn on that naive button in your brain. Yeah. Just ask yourself, okay, so if what if what would happen if I didn't even know who these people were? Yeah. That's it. If you just if you ask the question, there's no harm, is there? That happened to me the other day as well. No. Um, what did you I, I ran a webinar the other day on how to take your event from idea to launch and there's a group of people in the webinar and my business manager Amy, who operates from Canberra, sends me a text message. Uh, you know who that guy is. And I'm like, what do you mean? Which guy? That guy. So I'm not going to name names, but she's that guy, that person. And I'm like, no, who are they? He's the ex-Australian cricket coach. Oh my God. What? That would be me too. I know nothing about sport. I could have a legend in the room. I'd be like. But how amazing like that I have, I have someone who has coached the Australian cricket team. Mm. I've got information that they want to know. Like we think mm. that everyone else is so much, so far ahead of us, smarter than us, done more of us than us, and they don't need to hear from us. But that's actually not the case. We all have something to offer. We all have our own nuanced interests for one and, yeah, our own very particular skills. We can't be across everything. No, exactly, exactly. I guess what, the stuff I wanted to talk to you about is you probably don't call them events in the music industry. I know I certainly wouldn't have called them events back then. But now that people ask me, I've honed my brand, I guess now, in events for 13, 12, 13 years. And so when people say, how did you start? When I reflect back, I think when I was on the road touring, there were events. I was putting back-to-back events on venue after venue. And I know people who create music and performing arts events would, wouldn't dare call themselves an event manager. And that's cool. We all have our labels on ourselves, what we call ourselves. But that's really what we're doing, isn't it? Events mm. are actually projects. They're not yeah. even really, you could take them even out of events and call them projects. So what I'd love to hear from you is what's probably the most complex series of events or performing arts projects that you've put together have you done a big run before have you 
What kind of challenges have you faced? Yeah, so I, I guess the first one that comes to mind is those Amy Winehouse shows. So we actually have to update that in my bio. Ex-partner, Harvey Blues. We're still very good friends, but we're not we're not together anymore. I didn't know so, if you meant business partner. That's why I just left well, it. Well, actually, it could be, yeah. I, maybe I should just leave it there because he is essentially, he's my music partner, really. Yeah. But, yeah, that that was probably challenging because there was quite a big group of singers that we were managing as well as the band and but it's interesting you mentioned we're essentially doing the same thing we are because I guess I I come from a a Greek hospitality background and also too my Australian side of the family a very warm generous you me casa su bloody casa that's how it's always been so there is that I've always had that sense that when I put on a show, it's almost like I'm inviting you into my space and I'm here to give you a feast and to make you feel comfortable and at ease and at, at that this is your space as much as it's ours. And so it, it is exactly the same thing. And I feel th- those Amy Winehouse shows, so it was a tribute that we did to her, but not those, I feel how that sometimes tributes can be a little bit icky. It was really a celebration of her and of her life and we... They were very successful, and I think big part of that was because it, Amy Winehouse sold it for us because of oh, her incredible legacy. But I do feel like everything that I seem to touch wood, everything I seem to put on, that I put on a, a fem jazz event as well, so that was, again, celebrating female-identifying artists in jazz. They've all sold out. They're always successful. And the Fearless Singer Showcases, they're always a, it's only a small space, but they're always packed. Because I feel like I do bring that 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 sense of hospitality, like you're, was, you're a guest. <laughs> totally feel that in the room with mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah. And I've only been to one show in our short relationship together, but I totally agree with you. I feel that from you, but I also feel like you are one hundred percent there to serve the audience. There is zero ego in what you're doing, and it's that naivety, that assumption that why wouldn't you come? Why would come and enjoy the glory of this these songs this music that we're creating now do you write your own music though I do I do and I only only did the one song that night that you came but yeah I that's my next step is to start incorporating more of my originals because I'm really curious then as we move through this together to see if you have the same feelings and the same ease when it's your music and it's your creation and whether you still feel the same sense of, of course, why wouldn't you come to this? It's brilliant. It's oh, Sally, I think you've hit a point. You've hit a, look, I'd, I've only ever performed one or two of my originals in my whole 20 odd year span. So I can't really talk on that. I think there is a bit of a block there that I'm working through at the moment. I've actually got myself a fantastic creativity life coach. Her name's Emma Dean. I don't know. Do you know Emma Dean? She's a very well-known singer-songwriter here in Brisbane. So that's something that I'm working through at the moment. I'd like to think so because there was this one song that I wrote for Warm Guns and I would perform it. And, yeah, I would really go all out. I would really put everything into it and the crowds always loved it 
And uh, and even if they didn't, I, I was having my rock and roll moment. So I think I'd like to think that I would eventually get over that little lip and then yeah. and then just be like, oh, if people don't like it, that's okay. My mum still loves me. <laughs> that's yeah. all that matters. So that's my you've got cat to trying to like me. Yeah. That's when you've got to switch on that naivety button though, right? Yeah, I love this naivety button because it is a switch. It's just, and you can be curious. Okay, what, what, I always ask myself, what is the worst case scenario? And, and then you get, you keep going through until you get to the point where it's completely irrational. I'm going to just, just spontaneously combust and die. Yeah. That's probably unlikely to happen. So if that's your worst case scenario, then you're going to be all right, mate. Yeah. But relevant because one of the things, I've started talking about as is really trying to encourage people to create their own events and stand on their own stage as opposed to playing a part in somebody else's stage, playing a part on somebody else's event. And the reason I am really passionate about this is because they're just not getting the airtime. They're not, they're being controlled with what they can and can't say. Don't sell from the stage, sell from mm. the stage. You've only got 20 minutes to talk and we want you to make sure it fits in with this thing, this topic, what have you. And I worked with a number of people who, who are constantly on other people's stages because they just think that, oh, no one's going to come and hear me talk for four hours. So I can only play a 20 minute part in somebody else's show. And I really want people to understand that people will come and talk and listen to you for four hours, right? They will come and listen to what you have to say. And you don't have to do that yourself. You can curate the speakers that come on your stage, right? 100%. And I think you do that incredibly well with all the different formats that you perform in. I find this really interesting about what you do, that you've got the fearless singer, you've got yourself and Paula, and you've got Yas Queen. You've got yourself and Paula on your own. You've got yourself and Harvey and that big band. Like you've got such a variety of dead ups, I guess, to call it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I can I just can we just stop and acknowledge that good on you and thank you for providing that service to people. That's really honestly, it's really beautiful. And you're so right. A lot of people and I've done it myself for many years as well, where I I was always looking to perform at other people's events and being asked. And part of the reason why I started putting on my own shows is partly is that kind of fear of rejection. So I'll just do it by myself. But it's interesting that once you start putting on your own shows, then start to become a magnet for opportunities. Like other people want you to perform for them. So it's then it becomes this really lovely balance where you are have access to your own stage, but you're also given these beautiful opportunities to perform on other people's as well. But you're right. We need to start to learn how to back ourselves and believe that Sometimes I am still surprised that people turn up to my gigs because I'm not an overly heavy, I don't do enough publicizing of it, but it's all very conversational and organic. Mm. It's never pushy. I don't do, a lot of people will go to people's messages, go in their messages and start going, hey, are you available? Such and such, I'd love for you. Mine's more of a, just if it comes up in conversation. And then of course I do a lot of stories and I do my own sort of marketing but not the direct um, yeah, yeah so yeah I am always like really oh people want to hear especially that last gig that you came to Sally that was a, a mellifurous that's I wasn't really he- promoting any other 
And that's something that I've also done. I've relied on having other bigger names in my group to get their audience. That's the other um, thing I see a lot of is, yeah. is even people that, that do create their own retreat or workshop or VIP day or whatever it is that they're creating and they show me the program and we start talking about what's the audience experience and what are they actually delivering. And then in the end I go, so where are you? And they're like, oh, no, I'm just the MC. What? Hang on. No, no it's, babe, you're you the queen. <laughs> they want to hear from you. You're the star mm. of the show here. No, absolutely. And that's so important. And that's it. And that's where there needs to be like a healthy sort of balance of that ego and service. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You- so I talk music to people a lot, all the time. I, like I try and I try and take things off offline into the real world and help people connect the dots in that way, particularly people of my age, because they struggle often if they haven't grown up with the digitization of stuff. But one of the things I talk about in that context is being the support act. Are you the support or are you the main performer? Yes. Lineup. Where are you putting yourself in the festival lineup? Are you in the big type at the top? Mm -hmm. Or are you the tiny little band that's the coffee cart band? on Sunday afternoon as everyone's driving out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting, Sally, because I know that you're doing the artist way at the moment and I'm pretty sure you would have come across the term shadow artist. Yes. Yeah, so that's what it is. It's this over-nurturing of other people's talent. But actually, at the core, that's what you want to be doing. That's what a perfect way to put that, over-nurturing of other people's talent, and I see it all the time. Absolutely, mm. all the time. And uh, and look, and I can I don't know, don't know if you want to talk about this, but I see you as this very creative. You are honestly the way you think is. I feel like you've you've been blessed with the best of both worlds. You've got that beautiful logic side I, as I, sharp I, as, I mean, but you ha- you you have a creative brain as well. Do you that's, feel that's like the morning I always call myself? Yeah. What's sorry? What did you call yourself? I always call myself a split personality because I love my lists and order and all of that beautiful logical stuff. But yeah. at the same time, give me some colored pens and some poster notes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can see that, and I can. And even though we've, you're not a musician, you're still an artist. And gosh, if you were probably, I don't know, given a piano or a guitar or or that sort of desire to do that, then who knows? But yeah. but I see you as an artist. And I'm wondering, because you've, you've, you've had this beautiful background in what you've done, but now you're really venturing, not now, but in recent years, you're venturing down your own path. I wonder if that is part of your own sort of recognition of, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. It's good to nurture talent and all the rest of it, but I also have to back myself and nurture myself mm-hmm. to do, go down this new road. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or It's quite fascinating. I think about my event managers network and the fits and starts of producing those events that, yeah, keep coming up and yeah, no, totally. I agree with you. Yeah. And so what's really beautiful about your service is that you've recognized that in yourself. You've gone, okay, all right. It's always been about other people and other people's talents. And now I'm on this new path. And what's lovely is that now you're helping other people recognize that Mm -hmm. and go, no, I'm equally a star. I think yeah. that's what it's about. It's like you're not going, I'm the star of the show. I can't do a Mel Lathuris event and then think I'm just, this is all for me. You're up there with a band. Yeah. You're with 
surrounded by in- incredible talent. And I also recognize that the audience are part of the show. That's, We're all part nice. of the show. We're all in it together, but you are one of the stars. Yeah. And that's how you've got to see it. And you can't try to push yourself yeah. to the side if it's or your to the show, back. You're the headline act, though, right? If it's your show, you are the headliner. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to see yourself as that and recognize that's what people are buying, right? So if you're mm. not the headliner and people show up, you're actually doing them a disservice. Absolutely. Made for because they actually came to see you. Yes, they yep. want the support act. They want the lead-in band. They want all those other little bits and pieces, but they actually bought a ticket to come and see you. And for the people like us who are the, we're the, we're the artists slash entrepreneurs, we also oh. want that model to us. The ones that we're like, for instance, we just paid good money to go to a conference just recently. Yeah. We saw what, exactly what you just said. The headline act who was, who orchestrated everything, we saw her this is Tash Corbin, we saw her be the star. She was the yeah. headline act, but we also saw how she was very humble and was able to recognize so many different talents. Yeah. yeah. So see it as also as if you are putting on a show and you are now assuming, no, I'm the headline and you're doing that and see that as a service that you're teaching other people how to do that, yeah. how to become, yeah. how to be the star in the headline act with the humility that comes with yeah, that. Well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree. I love that. I love that. And for anyone out there who wants to do this and is feeling fearful about it, Mel's got Fearless Singer, which will give you the skills and courage to get up and sing on your own stage. But if singing's not your thing, public speaking, presenting, all of that, putting yourself forward confidently work that you might feel that you need to do, Mel does all of that. So make sure you check out everything that she does. So if you're feeling like, oh, yes, I want to do this, but man, I'm too scared to get behind a microphone, have a chat to Mel about that because she is all over. Oh, please have a chat to me about it. I will be your stage mother. And you'll be pushed out onto the stage, even though that makes you feel really scared now. You'll love it. Yeah. And I, yeah. and so many of my Fearless Singer members uh, started off the same way. They There was no way they would go on stage. And now they're like singing up a storm and they can't get enough. It's like I have a showcase every couple of months at a bar in Wollongabba. And yeah, they're the I'm first the people to one. sign up. Oh, I'm so excited. I took it for the next one. I can't wait. I think it's going to be oh, so much fun. It's, so much fun. It's got such a great vibe. And that's it. You get you get the hook. I think yeah. you described it as what is it? It's a drug, isn't it? Yeah. Performing. Oh, totally. yeah. You just can't let it go. All right, let's just drop in let's drop into some kind of corporate space at the moment. Because a lot of the people that listen to this are event managers in corporate spaces. So they work for big companies. They may not have the title of event manager. They might be the marketing coordinator. They might be someone's PA, but essentially they are tasked with creating major events and conferences. So I'd love for you to talk about the difference between performing in, say, a live music venue or a festival and then in a corporate space. So do you change how you perform? Is anything different? Do you like one over the other? Is there more freedom or more restriction in any of those places? What happens? What's your favourite kind of thing to do? Oh, look, Sally, a stage is a stage. It doesn't matter where oh, it I is. Love it. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's it. You don't ever change your personality 
to suit a different space. So the way I perform at the Brisbane Jazz Club or the Bearded Lady here in West End is the same way that I'll perform at a very well-paid corporate event. And and I don't know, I just think it doesn't matter where you go, people appreciate authenticity and just people who are genuine. And yep. and yeah, and even though like for a lot of the corporate events, you're more more background music, that's okay. It doesn't have to always be this sort of listening culture around what you do. So Except as an artist, when you're sitting beside me because I'm at the table going, be quiet, be quiet. This Enron. Shh. I'm the one tapping everyone. I'm in the back of the room tapping people on the shoulder going, yeah. But look, that's beautiful too. But I think it's, I think as an artist, you recognize where you are. If you're at a corporate networking event and you're the background music, it's okay. Yeah. My, my whole, I guess, philosophy is that. I tr- I transmit good vibes through singing. So even if someone has their back turned and they're talking, they're still going to benefit from my good vibes and positive intentions through song. And singing and making music with people I love makes me happy. So that's all coming out oh, that's know, to everybody. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Essentially what is what you get. So if someone's watching a video of you, they've got to YouTube and check you out or they're on some agents page or something like that what they're seeing there is what they will get if they yeah except i do have a 60 psychedelic song on my youtube that's called i'm fucking magic i probably wouldn't do that at at a corporate event although funny story because yes queen was booked for it was like a, a female identifying architectural conference in the valley and tenille sent through our stuff but Somehow my Melotherus page got mixed up and they got on there and went, oh my God, can you please perform this song? This is perfect for our event. And Neil's like, what song? We do jazz. It's not like, what jazz song (laughs) represents your event? And then finally they sent the link over to my, and we just died. We thought that was so funny that, yeah, that long out it's such a banger though it's it's just one of those real cool it starts with uh, on my playlist it's actually really good i should actually put it on spotify i need to do that i'll do that straight away i'm gonna do that after this that's two jobs you've got to do (laughs) yeah exactly i uh, if there's any artists listening to this just know that not to pigeonhole different organizations based on what you think they are do you know what i mean and it's just so important that you're just yourself yeah. And what one person is going to think is a shit song, another person is going to think it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm also, I think as an artist, though, I'm very open to feedback. So if there is a brief that says, please just stick to the jazz or stick to the okay. soul or stick to whatever, okay. then you acknowledge that. But but I think it's important that you always be yourself. We might we might work on that little briefing document together. We might come up with a a little artist brief documentation that people could use when they go out for requests for proposals or things like that. Because I'd find like we have a photographer brief that's easy enough to write up. We know we know that when we are going to engage a photographer or a videographer, we have a very set of clear guidelines of what we need them to do and the outcome that we want from them. But we actually don't do that with entertainment. We don't do that with the band. We don't send them a document to say, here's how we want people to feel in the room, all of that kind of thing. I think that is such a great idea because I feel like probably a lot of people are intimidated by musicians. 
just because they think, oh, so out of my realm of I, I don't know anything about music. But the, the reality is, yes, you do. You're alive. You've been around music. Yep. You know exactly how you want people in your room to feel. I think that's the biggest one. You just pinpointed that. People think musicians are or performers are, I do this and that's all I do. And so don't ask me to do anything else because this is what I do. When in fact, what they do is entertain. And if you want to help someone be a better entertainer, I can't think of an occasion where someone wouldn't go, thank you so much. That's great. Now I know how to make your event even better. Yeah. And look, and if you have come across people that have been, just non-compromised. I've booked plenty. Don't, yeah, I was just going to say it might be a rare thing, and if you do, just don't work with them again. Yeah. Just work with people that are willing to listen and say, "Okay, all right, I'm willing to take that on board," or oh, "And I can do this." Yeah. Someone that's actually really excited to have that—that that, it's almost like it's a collaboration. Then, and I think that's really what do you beautiful. wish? What do you wish? Let's say we've got people in our audience now who have got a gala coming up or they've got some kind of major event, a festival, a community event coming up, and they're looking at their entertainment options. What do you want them to know? What do you wish they did or they asked or behaved? What? How can you help them get better, book better entertainment? That's a good question. I've the same thing. I've only ever been booked by incredible people like yourself. I think just don't be afraid to ask questions and ask for what you really want mm -hmm. and be really clear. I did just get booked for a 50 year old's party and was booked as a jazz blues band. And then like about five days later, she went, and this is only a couple of days out from the actual night, said, oh, crap, that's right. Dave doesn't like jazz. Oops. Oops. Well, maybe, uh, maybe that's not a nice thing to say to a jazz musician. <laughs> but in saying that, look, I just got over it in about a split second and I just did a couple, like I just did pop covers. Yeah. And then I said, okay, what are his favorite bands? ACDC. Uh, oh, I don't know if I can. Started learning. Black. No. Yeah, I think just be really clear. I think what I'd like people to know is to just be fairly clear as to what you want and that's a rule so if you want something you want just more relaxed calm vibes then you'd probably book a, a jazz band that can just they can even do some throw some pop covers in there as well but it'll be in just that lovely relaxed jazz style if you yep. want something a little bit more energetic then you'd probably book more of a pop soul band as well a lot of jazz musicians also do other genres as well. Yeah. Um, yep. But Brisbane's got some incredible agencies that you can work with who will will find the, the mm. best group for you. Not to do a little plug, but you can also talk to me. I can organise something. I was about to say that. What about you? Yeah. No, that's it. I'm across so many different styles and have so many beautiful friends who are just insanely good musicians. So if you wanted like more of a pop or more of a soul or bit more of a jazz or you want a country band I could help you the only thing yeah. is I can't help is with hardcore heavy metal oh okay yeah but if you want a Greek band I've got you covered <laughs> I really love I love punk heavy metal hardcore when the musicianship is spot on 
Yeah, absolutely. I can yeah. turn the vocals down. Like I'm not into screamo or any of that sort of yeah. stuff. I am into the musicianship of a screamo. Oh, those epic guitar solos. Oh, those instrumentals Goodness me. just phenomenal. I must phenomenal. admit, I'm, I love Motorhead and I love Black Sabbath, but that's where I that's where I stop it as at the nice. heavy metal. Yeah. I couldn't name. I never know the names of bands. I've always been hopeless like that. I've never been able to remember names of bands or names of songs. I just hear stuff and go, oh, yeah, I listened to that when I was 20. I'm a musician I'm, and I'm I, exactly the same. I go, what's that song? And you sing it and then people are like, that's the song that you have in your repertoire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think this is really cool and I'd love to see more people understand that it is events that they're creating. One of the things I often talk about with people when they start this journey with me, they're like, oh my God, there's so much to do. There's there's checklists galore. But at the end of the day, we are all doing this all of the time. Every time we cook dinner, every time we do any mini project, a kid's birthday party, a dinner party, that 50th birthday party that that person's organizing that you're attending, they're a bit managing that. So we're doing this event management thing all the time, which is essentially just a series of tasks that get put together in a specific order to deliver a particular outcome. That's all we're doing. So I would love to see more and more people do that. So I've got a course in relation to that, that will be open in August. So if you want more information about that, hit me up. It's basically a six week event planning course. You'll be able to deliver and execute your course across that six week timeframe. So if you ever wanted to try this, if you ever wanted to give it a go, now's the time to do it because you'll have me as your event planner in your back pocket, helping you along the way. And I know that I can help you create greater, more effective audience experiences. And as we mentioned, if you're frightened of being on stage or you think that you can't be on stage, you can't be that front person, Mel, tell us about Fearless Singer a little bit more. I know you mentioned it a bit before, but you've got a membership, correct? Mm -hmm. Let's hear about it. Yes, I do. Before I venture into that, I just want to add to what you just said, because I've done your workshop. I did that. I replayed it last week. I was driving to Bundaberg and watched it afterwards. And I just have to say, Sally... Just the way there is a, uh, you're right. There is a list. It is just a series of tasks, but I really love that you help us think a little bit deeper and about that, about the outcome, about our own values, how we want people to feel. I think that's probably a testament as to why you've been so successful in this field. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I would really highly recommend that if anyone is interested in events coaching, you, you will always be, I've just, I see how you operate. You're, you're just brilliant at what you do and you've just got such extensive experience. Yeah. In it, but you've also, you're a people first person. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to add to that. Yeah. No worries, mate. You're good at what you do. So yeah, Fearless Singer. So I actually started that because when I was finishing up my jazz degree, I think it's the culture's changed a lot, I must say. But when I was in it, and this was only about 10 years ago, I just felt like it was a little bit of a, one in the jazz world, it was a little bit of a boys club. And it was also singers were stigmatized as the non-musicians, the intuitives, they don't know their jazz, they don't know their theory, they don't know their keys. And it yeah, felt right. a bit like, I don't know, you just had that sense of if you didn't show people that you could scat or if you didn't sh- showcase your musicianship well enough that you would just get 
put into this category as the chick singer and it's completely it's completely changed the graduates that are coming out of the place that I went to which by the way is the best jazz school in Australia if not the world it's been endorsed by some really heavyweights in the jazz world so that's jazz music institute What's it called? jazz music institute jazz music. Shoot. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, just cool. brilliant. I would recommend every if anyone wants to do a contemporary music degree, go there before you go anywhere. So I did my postgraduate studies at the con, but I did my degree there. But it's changed. The culture's changing. I think people are, and, and JMI has been a big part of that. They've gone, no, singers are musicians and they should be treated with respect. But at the time, I felt like we needed just some space, even if it's just an online space to go to and feel inspired and recharged. And, and that's, I think that's where it all started, this idea of wanting to elevate the singer and empower the singer. But then as I started teaching singing, I recognized that a lot of people are scared of singing and a lot of people are scared of even just hopping onto a stage. And as you've been recognizing in your industry, your dealings with people, is that that's a, such a sad thing because mm. at everybody's core, we have so much to share and so much to give. Yeah. And it's actually... Need it. It's not just that we're blurting crap out into the no, universe. No, it's... People out there dying to hear from you. That's it. It's our, it's, it's our dharma, if you will. So our life's purpose, our mission. Yeah. It's been... The way I like to see it, even if you aren't spiritual, if you come from a just a completely atheist, that's fine. You can still see it in this way. We've whether it's been passed down through DNA or whether it's been given to us by a universal force, there are gifts inside of us that need to be taken out and shared with other people. Yeah. And that doesn't have to always look like you standing on a stage singing. That could look like you putting on an event and curating it and getting the best people for whatever it is that you want, how you want to serve. That could look like speaking, could look like singing, but it's storytelling at its heart. Whether it's, like I said, it doesn't matter what the medium is, we are, mm -hmm. we give through storytelling. Even if you're I, a dancer, even if you're an artist, yes, even if you yeah. are an IT specialist, it doesn't matter. That's the service. That's what we do. Fearless Singer is about giving that agency to to people who've got that like a little bit of a niggling, like a bit of a, they know that at the, they, that they want to, they want to share this thing that's inside of them. And then of course, with the name Fearless Singer, I attract people that tend to not believe that they're good singers, but oh, it's so bizarre. There is not one terrible singer in this studio. Wow. Everyone has got a beautiful voice. It's just That's incredible amazing. and it just amazes me every time when people walk in and they could be in their 40s or 50s and they said, oh, this is my first singing lesson I've never sung before. And then they have these ridiculous, amazing voices <laughs> and you go, oh my God, I want to slap your parents. How were you not encouraged? If, if I was your mother or father, I would have literally mortgaged my house and slept in a tent to make sure that you were a star. That's how I feel about a lot of people that come through here. I just go, oh, it blows my mind. Yeah, I, I attract a lot of people that have an inkling that they can sing. They've been too scared to. And now, yeah, they're outperforming. And like you said, I don't just help people who, who want to sing. I'm also a life and business coach. And I help anyone that wants to go, I'm ready to be the star of my own life. And yes. yeah, just take the reins and 
yeah, the, these big ideas, these big crazy dreams that I have inside of myself, I help those people bring those to life. And, and it's just honestly one of the most rewarding. I love performing. I love performing and I love speaking. And, yeah. but I think, I don't think I could just do that. Like I have to do the coaching because it just, it brings me so much joy to see other people. Yeah. Just living what the dreams, well, you know, like doing what they want to do. It's the ripple effect that you know that, sure, I can sing, me, I can put on an event, but if I can teach you how to do it, then you're going to teach other people as well. And you're going to go, hey, I just learned this thing, come along and I'll just teach you this tiny little bit. And the ripple effect of what people are doing in the world is just beautiful. I'm loving it. I'm loving this whole new thing we have post-COVID with online courses. Talk about, I curated my very own 21st century MBA because we end up in a loop of, oh, I've just bought another course. But the truth is we don't need to go to university anymore unless we're learning to be a doctor or a lawyer or one of those official kind of, you do need the technical skills. Mm. But the emotional intelligence side of things, we can learn all that online now. And I have the most amazing 21st century MBA that I could possibly imagine. And I get lifetime access to this stuff, constantly upgraded. So I think we're living in a really cool time and I think we are too. And I, and it honestly, it just, sometimes I get so overwhelmed by it, like how blessed we are that it makes me want to cry. Like I continually go, oh my gosh, we just, we're living in a very, this is the best time to be alive. I'm sure someone in the twenties thought exactly the same thing, but yeah, but I guess it's just also too. There's just no time like now, right now, really appreciate who you are, what you've got, know that whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's to put on a big, beautiful event, you've got people, if you're watching this, you are in the presence of one of the most amazing events, coaches, producers, and stop it. But wait, how amazing is that? We have access. You're so generous with a lot of your free resources, your workshop. I think I've done something not even as a quarter good as as to what you provided and paid a lot of money for. And that was your free service. So it like anything that you can ever imagine that you want to do, you can do it. You've got access to the information. You've got access to the, the experts. Mel, this has been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. And for everybody out there, I hope you got some great takeaways from this. At the end of the day, what we both want for you is to just go out and have a go. Think about the worst that can happen, and it really is not the worst that can happen. There's people out there that want to hear from you. They want to learn from you. And the joy you're going to get from this yourself I think it's the one thing people don't realize, hey, Mel, like when you're on stage and you do that thing that you've got to do, you're on a buzz for days afterwards. Oh, 100%. Days afterwards. Mm. It's incredible. I don't think I've ever had a bad experience on stage ever. And I don't perform on stage. The most I'll ever do is a bit of an MC kind of mm-hmm. gig. But I'm oh, so I'm going to sign up to feel a singer very soon. Oh, I, oh, please. I'd love be so much oh, fun. my God. I'll just, you have no idea how happy that would make me. It'd be so See, much fun. And by the way, just very quickly, you have a beautiful singing voice. So I've been very, I feel very 
privilege to have heard you sing a little bit of Don't Stop Me Now because I'm having a good time. It wasn't that fun. That was the fun. How, what a great integration into that conference was having a conference song that we broke out into at different mm. times across the conference. I think mm. Tosh did an amazing job creating that event, creating that conference and keeping us engaged along the way. And certainly Don't Stop Me Now was one of my favourite things to sing. It's one of my favourite songs, so it was easy. I've been singing it since I was 12. <laughs> hey, Finish, what would you say is your... What's a song that really sums you up the way, who you are and is that, I know that's a big question, but what's one of those songs that it's just really, oh, that's my song. Yeah. I recently, and it just kept coming into my sphere all the time and it's actually not my favorite song, but it keeps showing up and it's All Star by Smash Mouth. Uh Yeah, seriously, it just keeps showing up in my YouTubes, in my music, and but it, it, I wouldn't have told you that I like that song, but for some reason, one day it showed up and I listened to the lyrics and went, oh my fucking God, this is my song. This is, so whenever I'm teetering on that, oh, should I, shouldn't I, oh, I don't know, will people come? It's like, I just turn that on, I'm like, Hey now, I'm a rock star. Oh, what a great way to end your podcast. That's asking me a great question. No, but I just think, honestly, that's it. It's just, it's that song. That's what we need to channel. Anytime that we think, oh, I don't know if I can do that big event, put that song on. And it wasn't, like like I said, I'm not a Smash Mouth fan. I don't even know any other Smash Mouth songs. I had to look up who it was. Songs haunt people. For a yeah. reason. Yeah, always be Going on up. the lookout for that song that keeps showing up because it, it will have a message for you. Yeah. And I get that a lot here in the studio. I have people going, oh, my God, I'll recommend a song to them and they go, oh, my gosh, no. that song has been haunting me for years. It keeps popping up. And and then I've gone, okay, let's have a look at that. Let's look at the words. What is that? Oh, what does that mean to you? And they go, oh. So just it's how our higher intelligence Works. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go and dance my way to All-Star now. And Wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for asking that question. That was a great reminder. And thanks so much for coming on and joining me today. I think we should do this every week. Oh, please. Let's do it. <laughs> we should find this to chat about every week. Oh, um, I reckon we could. I know. I reckon we could too. But until then, have a wonderful week. Thanks everybody for jumping on and joining us. And hopefully you'll come and find us again sometime soon. Okay. Ciao. Ciao.